And welcome to another episode of Two Medics and One Mic. Your presenters are Imran Lasker and Thrusha Gudwatna. So hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Medics podcast. My name is Imran Lasker. I'm a consultant radiologist. Hi, I'm Thrusha Gudwatna. I'm a cardiology registrar, sub-specialising in intervention. And we have another special guest. I think the truth is we're just sick of each other, aren't we, Thrush? And we just keep bringing people on. The first time I noticed him, we had another account and another account. So which account are you today? Go on. <laughs> I'm Peter and I'm an ST of many numbers in anaesthesia and intensive care. This is your second life, third life? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, third life, is it? <laughs> third life, yeah. It's like a cat. Back to my first life, having spent several years as Bentley Smythe, yeah. Mm. All right. And then also professionally as well, you were doing something else prior to um, going into anaesthetics. Is that right? Yeah. I spent most of my medical school career wanting to do obs and gynae and then did it, realised how much I hated it, got out very quickly. Wow. I mean, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, I know Therusha, you kind of fell into cardiology a little bit sort of later, wasn't it? And for me as well, I, I kind of fell into radiology a lot later. I didn't really know what I was going to do during medical school. So you kind of had that idea you can do it for a while and then it just wasn't what you expected? Yeah, I'm a cautionary tale to medical students on how not to be passionate about anything, particularly not them. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I did third year I, in Obsangani. I enjoyed it. I went to Japan for my elective, did it there, enjoyed it. Took a year off. I intercalated in uterine physiology. And I really, really liked it. Did an F2 job in it, did part of my MRCOG and then got a run through job. And then I got to Christmas and I was sat on the floor of the gynae ward going, what the hell have I done? and was out six months later. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That really is a cautionary tale, isn't it? Because you did all the right things. You mm. like, you dipped your toe, you dipped both toes, and then like a bit of the foot, and then you went all in and you're like, oh my God, it's no, like, what, what happened? <laughs> was it Christmas that broke you? It was a combination. I did critical care as my final F2 job, but by that point I'd been appointed. So that sort of put a bit of doubt in my mind already. And then I worked in a place where I just, the, the training just wasn't, that great and it was a busy hospital and there was a lot of pressures and you're sort of being shouted at in all directions and then I just found with training in Guyney a lot of it was just go as you go along and hope for the best and well, what do you mean you don't know how to do this I, I remember doing a hysteroscopy and I was sort of sat between the lady's legs and you're trying to put together all these rusting metal components together and there's a light that's blinding me and a water supply going everywhere and it's all over my legs and you've got this consultant leaning over the patient's thigh sort of going put that in that put that it was like a sort of gynecological crystal maze it was like sort of (laughs) you're not telling me what to do you're just getting angrier and angrier that i can't do the thing you're telling me to do and then i looked over the thigh of the patient and the anesthetist was a friend of mine who was just sat there sort of giggling into her anesthetic chart and that's sort of when i thought I, yeah, no. You kind of thought, I'm going to do what you do because I'm not doing this anymore, you know? Yeah. Do you know, I mean, would a selfie, would that be a bit of a weird thing to have with your, you know, while you're a student, you're you're running around trying to learn a few things and the consultant says, hey, let's let's take a selfie together. Would that be something that would sway your opinion about medicine or whatever subspec? You you know what I'm talking about here, right? Yeah. (laughs) The tweet that we had this week. (laughs) Yeah. I personally wouldn't give a medical student a lift home in the pouring rain so why i'd ask to do a photo with them under any circumstance especially if they've just spent the day with a dying man i'm not sure why you would do that so we're kind of referencing this wes ellie md tweet it's quite like prominent kind of person on twitter assigned a medical student to see a dying man which in itself sounds a bit weird and then i don't know what the consent process is on this but this seems kind of strange and then to take a selfie with them afterwards 
just aside from taking a selfie with a medical student, it just seems so weird, right? Really performative and weird. What do you think, Imran? I mean, I found that whole thing a bit strange. So this person, you know, told the medical student to go see someone who's passed away and trying to basically tell the world, essentially, that there's a lot to learn from seeing someone pass away. I think the photo is a bit weird because, yes, their faces are covered, but you can see they're smiling and grinning away. I just wonder at what time afterwards did he decide this was a good idea? Like, <laughs> just after she'd closed the eyelids on the man, did he then walk out and go, Oh, my word. <laughs> I'm very dark, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) No, carry on. I'm enjoying it. (laughs) You know, she's walked out, she's closed the door, she's left the body, and then Wes has gone, do you want a photo? Or was it after a CBD? Or was it, like, I I just don't... There's no right time is the correct answer. Because we talk about often medical students taking photos with babies they just delivered on my Insta. And this is, like cradle to grave selfieing. I mean it's just it's really bleak yeah I, yeah it's not for me no it's not yeah it's funny actually because when I was a junior reg so all the F1s kind of fancied this patient who I shouldn't say what he was in hospital for but they all fancied him and they all added him on Facebook which is weird but that's how I got to know that apparently when a patient arrested he'd like done a little selfie like the curtains have been pulled around when the patient arrested or whatever and he'd take a little selfie and put it on Facebook being like oh the patient next to me just died and I'd pull like a kind of oopsie kind of face and put it on Facebook oh my word uh, oh my word weird. I mean I swear people got in trouble for plank you know planking do you remember that thing that people uh, used to do that you know just to kind of look like they were a plank or something and I think there were some people who did that in A&E and they got into trouble with their trust didn't they over doing something like that. so it, I just can't fathom that anyone would take selfies in what sounds like a really, really inappropriate place, don't you think? Mm. It just seems completely bizarre. Yeah, I just find it really, really weird. But, you know, being a medical student, I mean, look, Pete, you had a lot of experience of being, you know, doing the gynae thing, doing the surgery thing. I guess you had to turn up a bit early, didn't you? My, my first job was in surgery. Mm. I had a very old school surgical boss. And I think I've I put on Twitter last week that my first day was marked by my consultant. He had this very sort of grandiose sort of voice. Oh, you're seeing old Peter. <laughs> Those trousers make you look like a homosexual. That is an amazing start. And so the expectation was just that you'd be there committing CRPs to memory at 10 to 8 because if you didn't, you were seen as bad as your job. And the threat of not getting a good ARCP or MSF or whatever was always hanging over you. So we just sort of did it. But I think that was in the day, God, in, in the, I don't want to do in my day, but in the old contract where you couldn't claim exception for these things, you had to do a monitoring exercise and they made it so difficult to actually want to be paid if you stayed late or came in early and, and, and stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, this poll, I think you did a poll, didn't you, Pete, this week about this? Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. um, there was, a, I think last week we spoke about the idea that we should get paid for the hours that we turn up. And then there was a whole problem with a, somewhat, a lawyer that allegedly said something, you know, allegedly, allegedly. And then the whole thing kind of went out the window. And interestingly, from your poll, what we saw is that most people on Twitterverse or MedTwitterverse say that we should get paid for the hours that we do. Right. I mean, which seems to make sense to me, but uh, you know, clearly there is a whole generation of medics that would feel the opposite, that we, we shouldn't, this, that's asking too much, this is vocation, right? That's obviously what the Americans are doing, they're like pre-rounding at four o'clock and then they use the money to buy helicopters, aren't they? So Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what do we think of that? Yeah, yeah, that was a really, I really, really, <laughs> enjoy, that's got to be, you know, I, we've spoken about this, haven't we? Like, we should do like a year, a news wipe, but for, for med Twitter, and I think that would be one of the ones for me. I absolutely devoured that tweet, yeah, what did you guys think of it? For a helicopter, I will 
come in at midnight, stay for 72 hours, and, um, <laughs> you know, that's why he has uh, a helicopter and I have a second-hand Jeep. You know, that's... It's <laughs> I mean, just reading through that thread was unbelievable. Like, the expectations of your life. Like, you know, I remember, I think I've spoken about this, saying, like, look, know what you're worth. Go in and think to see what are you worth. But then, like, maybe I've got it all wrong. Like, maybe I should be thinking to myself, I need a cook and I need a... No, in-house chef and an in-house live-in mate, they do all the cleaning, someone's got them a helicopter. Man, they're just living in a different planet, don't they? And um, I just found it absolutely fascinating that there can be such a massive difference in a doctor's life. But what I found more interesting is that some people had a problem with that. Like, people didn't like the idea that there were doctors out there that are doing seemingly well, with financially, I mean. Is it bad to be a rich doctor? Is that what we're getting here? Well, it's an interesting thing if you look at this is a slightly sidestep of an argument, but if you look at the PAs mm. and how they're not on mega books, but they do earn more than perhaps the F1s and F2s for the hours that they do. And we've always made the argument on Med Twitter of we mm. shouldn't pull people down, we should drag ourselves up. And then we look at American doctors who are earning perhaps much more than us, and then rather than say, let's aspire to that, we all go, let's pull them down, let's burn their helicopter. <laughs> the only solace I take from it is the student loan debt is probably about 10 times what mine was. Having paid that off, they can then get their helicopter. It's... Uh, yeah, first of all, if any of you lot turned up with a helicopter, I'm going to first of all rate you and ask you how you did it, and then hopefully try and copy it, if you guys don't mind. That's the way I would like to operate. But I don't see like why we should be really hating on them, because you have to think to yourself, what would you do in that situation? If you're that doctor in America, and they're saying to you, listen, you know, we're going to pay you this kind of money, would you turn around and say, actually, I don't believe in that? That's not what I want because I think people are getting hard done by, by me making more. I think it takes a very special kind of person to be on that level, and I think they're very far and few between that's going to say no to that kind of money if it's available. I think someone else said on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, but they said something like, I won't take a pay rise until all the cleaners have got a Band-Aid C job. And it's, it, it's, there seems to be this sort of weird virtue that we have to sort of like, I can't do well until everyone's doing well, and it's a strange one. Yeah, I just think that, like, I know we can say it, but what really happens, you know, and I've often noticed that doctors who make money or perceived to be making a lot of money get seen in a bad light. I think recently there was a doctor in Harley Street and he was charging crazy amounts for COVID tests or something and he popped up in the uh, newspapers. Yeah. Do you remember this? He's a cardiologist. <laughs> oh, he's a cardiologist. Well, there you go. I was surprised that people were gunning him down for charging money for COVID tests because at the end of the day, he's trying to cater for a specific market. I mean, they're not going to come to me for a COVID test, are they? They want to go to him and those kind of people would spend a certain amount of money to see him and not me. Maybe his service is worth that kind of money. It's not just the COVID test. But, you know, some of the things that people are getting asked to pay for, is it worth it? Do you know what I'm talking about now? Well, look, I mean, for £5 a month. Yeah, and allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. yeah. But you, you get access to, like, blogs and a Zoom call. I mean, yeah. what more could you ask for? Pete, what do you think of this? What do you think of this whole situation? Uh, I saw his tweets that for £5 you can have some cardiology-only fans or something. I've no idea. For that money, I want a Zoom call of him just sort of ripping donuts apart like Hulk Hogan used to rip his vest. <laughs> That's the Russian. And then sort of, and then sort of growling accurate. afterwards yeah. whilst <laughs> telling us that fat is the enemy and we're all terrible people for being fat. <laughs> that would be cool. Worth the five pounds. I kind of tweeted about it. The other side of it, he talks about the kind of statin conspiracy and stuff. 
Joking aside, like some of the stuff that he says is quite harmful. Like I have encountered people in clinic who said like, oh, you know, there is a cardiologist out, a very prominent one. And, you know, they say that because, you know, like he is, he's very, yeah, yeah, they say he's very visible. And so they associate that with like respectability or, you know, um, perhaps being like knowledgeable. And they say, oh, there's a cardiologist out there who says statins are bad for you. And I remember like one guy saying like, have you read the research? Like, you know, as if like this guy, because, you know, I'm just some dork in East of England. Like, you know, this guy's in London. Like, <laughs> And so it's very difficult. And it's kind of harmful. That, that's bad. And then, like, I tweeted it and some guy was like, this is gross. You should delete it. And I guess that's because, you know, very sadly, the, his father died recently, mm. right? And so does that mean that we can't, when some guy is then tweeting something that's kind of harmful, we shouldn't say anything? I mean, they're separate issues, aren't they? And I think we all pass our yeah. condolences. And if we haven't, then we do. Like, you know, if a father passes away, that's a terrible and sad thing. But moving aside from that, that doesn't mean that, you know, you, we can't, have an opinion about, you know, some of the other goings on that were going on way long before anything, you know, untoward had happened to his family. And that's the thing, it's a difficult thing to really understand, like, what's really going on here, because I know there's an appetite for this kind of thing. Do you remember, Thrusha, I sent you a photo the other day of a book I found in my parents' house, and it was a book to do with how diet can actually cure cancer. And they'd given it by someone, and it was some publication from India by some profs from something and they were calling it like nutrient energy that's what the, that's, that's what it's called nutrient energy to cure your cancer and i'm so glad my father didn't fall for that and just went for the chemo because you just know people out there that might actually listen to that because they've got prof in front of their names they've got the qualifications and they're telling you food is gonna cure cancer it's a dangerous place to be and at some point you've got to be like listen mate i think you need to sort of um think about the bigger picture here but but often they just don't care i mean it's amazing how from him to Sakura to Sepsis Man to Hat Man, you know, obviously who I've had many dealings with. <laughs> You've had an idea and you're going to stick to that idea no matter what. And when everyone else in the profession is telling you, hang on a sec, this may be the sort of thing you should be putting out, they just don't care. And they find enough of a, of a base of people in all of these examples of people who say, well, actually, no, we support you and we think what you're doing is correct and, and great and brilliant. And every other doctor on the GMC register is wrong, but you are the correct one. And they just run with that. I find it it's mind-boggling. It's, it's just amazing what people believe, isn't it? Like, you could be telling them all sorts of stuff and they'd be like, no, but I saw YouTube on this, so that must be true. Mm. And it's like, do you think of all the avenues that the news could come to is going to come via YouTube to your place and tell you exactly what's really going on in the world? COVID isn't real. There's no such thing as vaccinations, etc., etc. But, you know, I think these kind of people have got an inclination towards that to be a little bit anti-establishment, anti-health. The point of where it gets a little bit difficult is when you've got someone who's, by all stretch of the imagination, part of the entire health profession going against what people are thinking. But all you have to do is find one person in the profession. I mean, if you look at the aesthetic nurse, so she's a nurse. So Bob's your uncle. She's, mm. you know, well, well, I found a nurse and she's probably not, you know, I don't know. If she, I'll guard my words here. I don't know if she's been on a ward in, in the last two years or not. I don't. But all you have to do is find someone in a uniform willing to mm. say, mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm against this, and they'll win with that. And Gillian McKeith is the other example. You know, the fact that she had, is a doctor, so we take her advice of smelling our own shit as being sacrosanct. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, when you really take a step back, you do notice that there's a lot of sort of med Twitter villains. And when we've spoken <laughs> about this, it's like, and, you know, we don't really know what they're really like. They actually might be okay. You might get along with them if you bump into them in the street, you know. But they, when you step back, like... Should we be giving awards to these people? Should we at the end of the year? Should we be saying, look, you know what, Med Twitter villain of the year this year is going to be someone, this particular someone. Did, did everyone see that sort of quite nice-ish 
fun sort of tweet about giving awards out to the med Twitter folk that we interact with so often. See, you saw it as nice. The cynic in me just saw it as a repetition of medical school and a sort of a yearbook popularity content. I roll my eyes at it a little bit, but that's just because I'm just a horrible human being. That's interesting. Dude. Why? Why? What did it say? What did it say in your? What did it say in your yearbook about yeah, you? What did it say about you? My hockey team gave me the Harold Shipman Award for the most likely to get struck off. You know what, mate? It's the same as me. I got that award as well. I got the uh, most likely to get struck off. I got a few, actually. I got most likely to bribe someone or something. It, I had a few. It was terrible. But Thrusha, you, you're quite pleased that you didn't get involved in our yearbook, didn't you? You were like, you know what? I don't want any... No, no, I was really disappointed. Oh, really? No, I was disappointed. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, because there are a few good ones, like, you know, best dancer. I mean, you know, I was never going to yeah. get that. But like, you know, best hair. Okay, that's, I mean, that would have been a nice memory. But um, no, I didn't get mentioned at all. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I guess it just shows how forgettable I am, which is kind of sad. But I did look, I looked it up like once or twice just to see and no, nothing. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to be forgettable by not turning up, but it turned out people noticed that. Uh, what can you do? <laughs> yeah. I thought like in response to that, like I'd try and pick a few names and... Uh, well, did you have any nominations for who you think the funniest person on Twitter is then, uh, Pete? I mean, yeah. you know, present company accepted, because obviously you might say, you know, me or Imran, isn't it, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll put you on the spot, sorry. Yeah, you have. You don't have to. Don't have to. <laughs> I mean, like I say, not, not all of them have been told by the Salford student newspaper that they were mildly entertaining, so... Um, <laughs> That's quite the... As, as I was, so... <laughs> That's quite um, the endorsement. Yeah. It doesn't get much higher than that, the praise, does it? Yeah, or, or being escorted out to the car by the landlady, the pub you're performing in for your own safety. That was my other uh, high point. In No way! Yeah. Oh, really? Is that, is that true? No, this is genuinely true. So I did a gig in Greater Manchester. Well, this is, this is not medicine at all, sorry. And I did a gig, and I used to have this joke. I was really proud of it because it made it onto a, a Radio 4 submission comedy program. I really liked it. And it was there was some research done in Norway that said that if you don't see your kids very much, you have big testicles. Um, so if you have no access to your kids for whatever reason, you have bigger genitals than men who see their kids all the time. And I read that and thought, it's really good that Fathers for Justice just have something to be happy about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can see how uh <laughs> oh no i love that joke because it does what you just did it's a second of complete silence followed by working it out followed by <laughs> oh, no. am i a bad person <laughs> i am a bad person and then i moved on to something else about seven or eight minutes later this man at the back of the bar went, mate i'm not allowed to see my kids so <gasps> you know you need to just shut up i've forgotten i'd moved on i was talking about something else and i was right um well tell you what mate i've, I've only got one little story left so uh, i'm gonna tell that and then i'm gonna run for my car <laughs> anyway you're not gonna have a car mate because i'm gonna set it on fire oh, wow. Whoa. Wow. and then there was this really sort of tense silence and then i said you're quite angry aren't you do you, do you think this is why you can't see your kids <gasps> wow no. man that is peace wow <laughs> <laughs> He took a few steps towards me, and thankfully three young rugby lads got in front of him and was just like, no, mate. He got kicked out, and then at the end of the gig, I went out to the front door, and um, the landlady, who was this, like, five-foot-one woman, was having a fag, and I was like, you know, thanks for having us. And she was like, do you come again? I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then she went, where is your car? And I was like, it's just around the corner. Went, do you want me to take you to it? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so a five foot one middle-aged woman called Barbara uh, took me to my car for safety. 
That's so cute. But if she was from the north, she's probably re- like hard as nails. She's probably as hard as like a six foot person from London, though. So <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> I mean that's kind of the uh, the live version of a pylon, is it? Is that what that is? Like you're kind of getting a bit piled on, and then thankfully a few people decided to save your backside. And we saw a few tweets that were getting a bit piled on, and maybe the same subjects not getting the same pylon. Did you see that this week? <laughs> is this in response to like Russell's thread where he kind of talked about how people pot shot A and E, and then we should kind of or just kind of talk in solidarity about how we love and respect a and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, they seem to be the easy people to go for, aren't they? For everyone in the hospital, aren't they? You know, A&E can't do this, A&E can't do that, or A&E, you know, doing too many referrals, or they're getting too many scans again. And um, it was quite, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, yeah, I get that a lot, actually. I get loads of scans from those guys, but normally they're, no- normally they're normal, which is easy work. But, um, but you know what I mean? Like, it was, a, it was a good tweet, and he had a point. I mean, they're, they're easy to pile on, and they've been subject of many a meme of mine. I think you can criticise the way departments run. And there's obvious tensions between, in particular, the way acute medicine work alongside A&E in, in, in quite a few hospitals. But you don't get anywhere by telling the actual trainee your career is crap, and, you know, you are stupid and everyone's stupid. We've all had suboptimal experiences with, a&E staff and that can be anything from the staff grade who just habitually lies just to mm. get you to come and see the patient to the consultant who sort of shouts tube them and get them off my unit but equally I can tell you the story about the surgeon who said well it's sepsis so you've got to take them you know or the renal doctor who said you know whatever you know shenanigans exist across the whole hospital I think it's just because the volume of patients is so much higher in A&E those things maybe stick in your mind a bit more or whatever but do you think that also like there's a personality thing because like I've generally found a lot of like A&E trainees have been just kind of a little bit nicer and I kind of just kind of like wonder sometimes how like I occasionally do kind of locums in A&E. I was referring to a cardiology colleague in a tertiary centre and it's someone I knew who's like more junior than me and I didn't say who I was I just said I'm one of the A&E doctors and she treated me like I was an absolute idiot like she was speaking to me like she didn't wanted to get the ECGs via WhatsApp which was my first red flag but the uh, second thing was that the way she like spelt out the email address to me it was like she was talking to a four-year-old it was so weird and I was like oh my god and like there was an A&E tr- uh, like trainee sat next to me as I was taking this call and when I put the phone down she was like do you see what it's like because like she could see like the incredulity that like I was just like I can't believe this person is speaking to me like this it was so bonkers I just kind of wonder if like I've just come from a hospital where you get an SHO and a reg together in anaesthetics in the daytime the SHO was like oh I've just had this call from A&E and they want you know sedation or something oh god isn't it terrible isn't it awful and I went down and it was my mate who's the ITU senior reg doing her year of medical purgatory and it was just like well she's the same as me mate you know it's I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm perfect like by any stretch of imagination and, I, and I've had times where I've gone Jesus Christ why am I being called about this or why are they speaking to me like this but I think it, it happens across the hospital I think suboptimal interactions are everywhere you just seem to remember the A&E ones um, yeah, a too. bit better yeah it does remind me um, of this other tweet that from Zara which talks about how easy it is to get negative feedback in a hospital and it's very rare to kind of get positive feedback do you remember like many instances of getting positive feedback? Like, is that something that kind of sticks stuck in your mind? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the nature of my training. Uh, no, Kat, yeah, you guys go for it. Pete, I'm sure you get positive yeah. feedback all the time, right? And anesthesia, like, you know, well done on that Sudoku, Sudoku thing. You finished that really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's their job, isn't it? They get paid to do Sudoku. My MSF for my last job, um, 
all nine comments said he is a pleasure to work with oh, and it wow. just looked like and number one this is not a humble brag or anything like that because i'm i'm certainly not a pleasure i'm <laughs> awful um i just talk about eurovision and moan all day yeah. but <laughs> it, it just looked like i just got the same person to write 10 reports it just sort of it's how nobody spotted literally the same compliment each time is, i don't know it's a good thing i find it's hard to take compliments sometimes hmm. you know like if someone says something i'm always waiting for the punch yeah like all right where's mm. the other bit that sandwich i know that sandwich yeah i know the sandwich i've been here before go on just hit me with it is you know when someone says do you want the good news or the bad news i'll take the bad news first thank you very much and then i can hopefully leave on a bit of a high yeah no i find <laughs> yeah that's the way i've got used to things from some of the training places that i had over the years so, I mean, look, you know, sometimes we find that people, you know, I know that people be a bit hypercritical and sometimes people a bit, you know, on Twitter, they'll say something like, oh, you know, I've just started as an F1. It's been terrible. I've had a terrible week. You know, I've been working so hard. And then you kind of get the general response. Have you, have you guys seen that? Like, you know, F1 complaining about the first few days and you get that response of like, it will get better. How do you guys feel about that? Does it get better? No. <laughs> You, you you just get your own office and find it has no windows. <laughs> we have the hot desk. Uh, mate, yeah, that's radiology. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think I got in trouble once where I think someone was like, um, oh, yeah, you know, like this time next week I'll be on the wards and all this kind of stuff. And I just said, listen, mate, it's only downhill from here. And I think as an American, you know, the Americans, they're a bit touchy-feely sometimes. And then this person messaged me back saying, I don't like your energy, man. And I just thought, well, all right, well, you know. I got told off because when Tips for New Docs rolls around, I give the same tip every year, which is none of the couples that started in F1 were together at the end of F2. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was good. <laughs> I, I do it every year because I'm just horrible. Um, <laughs> and it was true in my hospital, myself included, none of us were with the same people. I mean, people, people got divorced mm. and everything. It was, it was really, it was a strange two years. And then I got told, you're giving a bad impression, you're going to upset all the F1s and stuff. I was like, well, if they're, if they're worried about the state of their relationship based on what you tweet. Pete Turton says on Twitter, <laughs> the strength of their relationship needs questioning. Oh, it's, man. It's so true. It is true. I mean, it's a trying time. It is, isn't it? Like, uh, there's mm. no... I mean, there. Were, I remember there was a point where, like... Um, I don't know if you had this, but there was, like, in the middle of F1, they asked us if we want to match again for our F2 jobs. Yeah, yeah. Did you get that? And there was an Excel sheet. That's all it was. And I saw someone out there had like um, audiological medicine, GP, and something really like chilled out. And I tried to swap with them. And I don't know how, but everyone else found out about it. Then they were like, oh, Imran, I saw you try to get audiological medicine, mate. It sounds like someone doesn't like being on the wards. And I thought, as much as you cuss me, there's someone out there that's got that job. There's someone out there that's actually got that dream job doing that right now. And I'm not doing very much. I mean... <laughs> Why would I not go for that job? But have you noticed that, you know, when you change jobs, it feels like a really epic thing when you're in F1. Like, you know, especially that first job. I remember when I finished my first F1 job, I, I felt like such an epic, epic moment that I, I came in specifically. I had chocolates and I bleeped the reg. Yeah, I actually, it was such a big deal. And I, I bleeped the reg and I said, not Phil, he was my second reg, it was someone else. And um, I bleeped him and I said, listen, mate, you know, I just want to say I'm really thankful. No, when he picked up, I was like, oh, Imran, yeah, I thought you'd finished. Um, is everything okay? I mean, do you want to see someone? I was like, no, 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 I just want to say thanks for all your help. And he just went, okay then, man. I was like, oh, right, okay, cool. Well, see you around. And um, that's when I realized that, yeah, it's an epic moment for me, but it's just another day in their life, isn't it? 
I think it's like that with the nursing staff though, because you're there for three or four months and some of them will sort of friend you on Facebook or, you know, or you'll become sort of quite friendly with someone. You might go on a night out together and you have a really good time and you think, oh my God, this is so good. And we'll invite you to the Christmas party. Don't worry. You know, we know you're not going to work. We know you're moving on to urology in November, but we'll, we'll keep... And then you see the photos of your replacements having a great time at the Christmas party. And, you, and it's, it's a very fickle. And you find that the likes on Facebook go down and, and stuff. Yeah, and then it yeah. sort of peaks again in the next job. It's... Yeah, yeah, totally. One of my friends, like, uh, he was um, he was at a hospital uh, for, like, three years as, like, a medreg. And then he, like, um, went, you know, training around the region and then came back about four years later as a consultant. And he's walking down the corridor. And, like, one of the porters saw him. And he's like, you're right, mate, you medreg tonight. Like, it's as if, like, he'd never even left. Do you know what I mean? It's just like you're just like a face and you kind of disappear and nobody like asks us. When, when I came back to the tertiary obstetric hospital to do anaesthesia, a midwife came up to me and was like, Can you hum and review a lady who's spotting? And I was like, uh, I'm not here anymore. I'm, I'm the- that must have felt so good. No, because then she went, Well, can you just come and see her anyway? It's like, <laughs> I wasn't very good at it three years ago. Why would you. What? <laughs> Find, find an actual budding obstetrician to deal yeah, with this. Done. <laughs> so was this one of the nurses' names that you remembered? Is that you mean you knew this one, did you? <laughs> Go on, why don't you tell us about your experience, yeah, of um, forgetting names, Pete? We were talking before about a tweet of someone who taps someone on the shoulder to talk about headphones or something, and and I was talking about how I I don't sort of I'm very conscious of the of the big brown envelope from the GMC, so I don't sort of touch anyone i don't pat anyone on the shoulder i don't sort of do anything i don't to the point where i met my wife in work and i wouldn't sort of do anything until we were sort of miles away from the hospital just in case i got it wrong but when i worked in obstetrics yeah. how many dates how many dates did you go on <laughs> through you know his ears are perking up like, i want to know more that's for another day um <laughs> Yeah, so sorry, I needed to speak to this midwife reasonably urgently about something. And then her name went completely out of my head. And she was tapping away on a computer and I had like eyes fixed on it. And I thought, I can't tap her on the shoulder. That's one of Pete's no-nos. And so instead, I just waved my hand manically in front of her face, <laughs> in front of the computer screen. And she just, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I was like... I'm so sorry. I've, I, I need you to do something, but I've forgotten your name. It's like it's Rachel. It's always Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that story is like ten years old now, and it's it's like her name is etched into my mind. Oh man, so, I can only imagine that yeah. you wanted the you wanted the earth to swallow you up at that point in time, right? Like you just think to yourself, I yeah. just don't want to be here anymore. This this was not the right thing to have done. I think, and then I think we had to just stand next to each other with the patient for about twenty minutes. Whilst I was just sort of just writing my resignation letter in my head. <laughs> that was the day when you realised I'm not doing this yeah, anymore. And that was the day I realised I didn't like obstetrics anymore. <laughs> I, say I, I, I say I resigned. No. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, when you're in those moments, uh, I feel like, you know, your life just flashes before your eyes. You know, you feel like, you know, just the world just swallowed me up. But being doctors, we do spend a lot of our lives... I mean, we kind of give our 20s away, don't we? Is that what's been going on? We've given our 20s away to medicine, if not our lives. Is that a bad thing? Is that something that we should be sad about? Is that something we should be complaining about? Surely we all love what we do, right? What's the difference if we're do it doing medicine, no? Yeah, well, so this is a reference to Ben Besker's tweet, which said, unpopular opinion, which sounds like a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a throwback. He didn't do the question, question mark in, uh, in brackets, so I don't know if this is supposed to be like a, a little nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
It's actually not very selfish to be upset about losing your 20s to medical school. And it is, in fact, a very normal and relatable thing to be upset about. You can be sad if you're missing out on life because you care about others' well-being. That's valid. What do you guys think on that? If you start at 18, it's 30% of your 20s. I have to calculate that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, that's a math joke. Um, I get what he's saying that, you know, it's a long haul at university and you may... If your friends are doing other subjects, you may perceive that they're having a more fun time. But I don't know. It's like I say, hopefully we're all here because we enjoy what what we do by and large, despite the sort of employment irregularities that we often complain about. I just love the idea that there's someone else on Twitter just going like, I gave I gave ten percent of my twenties to accountancy and and I regret it immensely. Like, yeah, I mean that's what I think as well. Like, you know, we kind of, I mean, it's a big decision to make when you're seventeen, eighteen years old that you're going to give your life to this particular career. And maybe maybe some people go in not realizing they're going to give away so much of their life. I'd hope you make the best of what is perceived to be a bad situation. I didn't enjoy it during the time, but I do. I have spoken about how I should. I wish I could look back and say, you know, you should enjoy the journey more. Like the journey was so much fun. It is a lot of fun being a young person, you know, not being at the top of the food chain as it were, because you know, when you're a junior, it's like now I'm a consultant, now people are looking to me to have the answers or have the final say. But it was a really lovely time to be able to be like, yeah, I'm gonna to talk to my senior about that. And then just walk off and be like, it's not my problem now. Yeah, and I think it comes back to what I said before that I was very focused on what I wanted to do when I was at university. Um, I always have a wry smile at these people who were, uh, the Twitter bio is like, I'm a second year medical student, passionate about pre-hospital medicine and sexual health and passionate about relative risk. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, just don't be passionate about anything. Be passionate about being passionate with other people in Freshers Week. I don't care. Just don't sort of just go and have a nice time. You know, you've got five years of, of this before, and then and then got to work. So just it doesn't matter if you're not the secretary of the Student Ophthalmology Society. Like, it just... You'll make it up somewhere else. I just, yeah. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen a bio where someone's passionate about genomics? Because apparently, to do TNO, <laughs> in T- I was looking through the ARCP requirements for ortho, and I was like, genomics, like ortho, genomics. Can I? Can I just? Say, I, I love the tedious links between. I was wondering how you were going to do it, and it's 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 it's, it's, it's this this is an absolute masterclass. Thank you. Of, of, of how it's being done. Thank you. Um. I don't feel like yeah, we've appreciated the gravity of expecting like ortho trainees to know what genomics. No, that's really rude. Ortho trainees are actually really bright, and that's a really bad stereotype. Be, be kind. Yeah, be kind. Be kind. But like, yeah. and ortho tra- like a load of like really like promising F ones who want to do cardiology have been like, oh, I want to do ortho. And like, oh, okay, God. genomics. Does anyone need to know yeah. genomics in general? What is genomics? Life? I don't know what it is. I think that's the problem. <laughs> uh, I think there's some genes. But we need to ask Joanna Poole. She'll, she'll she know. will. But I guess it just really points to the idea that, like, you know, how much of what we're pushed to know is actually relevant to what we what we actually do. But then how far back do you want to go about this? Because, like, what GCSEs did you take and how much of your GCSEs do you really remember? What A-levels did you take and how much of your A-levels do you really remember? And then we could get then, you know, there's so much stuff that your head is just full of that you just, well, it's not full anymore. I've forgotten most of it. But that's the, that's the point, right? We just spend so much time learning these things. So genomics being part of the curriculum, what a surprise, man. Another useless thing to try and remember. Yeah, and we're bred to do this. Because if you look at GCSEs, it's three weeks of your life in summer where you have to do some sums, bake a cake, speak French, you know, write a critical letter to an aunt about a book you just read. It's like a weird decathlon of 
insanity just sort of so that you can then be graded and i think in medicine it, it, it hasn't got I, I, i've just in my intensive well had one go at my intensive care exams and, and the esoteric nature of them is just you know it, it, we don't need to know the molecular weight of succinethonium it's just not a useful thing i know but it's nice like you guys love talking about how you have to know like the, the kind of molecule stuff and i think i feel like there's there's an element of that so you, you know the kind of but we have to i i think we just it's a bit of a nod and a wink that we do the exams to justify our existence of doing sudokus and and sort of, and sort of you know we we pour scorn on the rest of the hospital because you know we understand the um, volume of distribution of propofol you know and yeah fair enough <laughs> it's only and, fair and that's, and, and that's why we're allowed to just sort of sit for an hour in between cases it's, makes sense You've earned it. I mean, so I mean, you must know that you must know the answer to this question. Like, is a lactate always a bad thing? Oh yeah, yeah. Pete, a lactate. What is lactate? Bad? Should I be worried? Yeah. What is lactate? What does it do? Is that something in milk? <laughs> um, I've, I've got to be honest, right? So, and it may be my Liverpool PBL education. I remember my first set of nights as a house officer. The the nurse practitioner saying, "Oh, this man's got a low blood pressure, and the lactate's raised," and just sort of going. All oh, right, and not understanding the significance of it at all, and just sort of going like, "Is that bad?" Like, I don't. I sort of. Um, what a time to be alive! <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for the patients that I was treating. Um, yeah, <laughs> not for the patient maybe. Yeah, lactate's twelve. That seems all right. It's not a hundred. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought lactate isn't that like the Latin for like, low fluids or something, isn't it? Like you basically just need lactate. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what, literally what it means. It's, it's Latin, so it just means you have to give more fluids. That's why we're not allowed to speak Latin. That makes the social workers cry. <laughs> I remember um, one of the times I think someone was having an epileptic fit. I think they had a lactate taken, and the guy and the med reg said to me, "Why do you think the lactate is raised?" And uh, you know, obviously, you know, A plus B equals C to me. I was like, "Oh, must be having a schema bowel, right?" And then they're like, no, you know, if, you, if they're kind of tensing up, then, you know, they're going to produce lactate. And that's why the lactate is if you test it a bit later. And to this day, that's been a very useful fact in radiology. Like, that, you know, you get this phone call. So you've got someone who's had an epileptic fit. They've got, they've got the lactate raised. Can we get a CT abdo pelvis, please? They're like, let me explain a few things to you. Yeah. That I remember from this oh, one time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I try, try and come across like a Noah thing or two, you know. Yes, regurgitate um, everything some red reg has told you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm hoping they're all right. I, I am right about that, right? I mean, that, that uh, does who make knows? sense. Yeah, yes. yeah. How would you how would you feel about it? You know, if some junior was trying to explain calcium levels to you, that's the DM. That's the why, that's one of the YMNs, but that's okay. We oh, should the we go to the YMNs or should we? We've got so many things yeah, to go through. Yeah, yeah. There, there are quite a few YMNs. Oh my god, I like, uh, tweeted about this maybe like forty minutes before a recording, and I got about 10, 11 different responses. So I'm just going to run through them. So one was. <laughs> so is this going to be a weekly thing now? We're just going to go why well, are men? Are you, should, yeah, we, should we make men, this fun? And get Pete to actually try and answer some of these things as a representation yeah, yeah, men, of, of, of the female yeah. population. <laughs> help him. Help him. Pete, on behalf of all men, can you explain this? The great cancellation of Peter <laughs> right up now as I say something appalling. S- somebody got uh, swiped left or right, whatever one is negative, and then they messaged the girl afterwards to say that they were really... Oh, I- Do you see this one? Oh, yeah. I, I-, I saw the pictures, yeah. You saw the pictures, uh, okay. And- yeah, good one. That's all the pictures of the text, not um, what anything else he did. Um, yeah, so what I loved about that was that she said that, you know, she only swiped right in 1% of occasions, and, and he said how bad that was. But if you have a type, then 
it is going to be a lower percentage. I mean, I don't, it's not a sort of, and then he, he moved on to say about how she said that she'd been in two long-term relationships, I think four in, four years and five. And, and he said how, how inexperienced she was. And he was going on about how he'd been married, divorced, he had kids, he had kids with other women. It was like listening to Swiss Tony. It was like sort of, <laughs> Just sort of like, you, you just buy them fine wines and Belgian chocolates. And it was oh, just it, like, it will be no surprise to say that I was not a success with women at university for various reasons. And like, I read, like, I imagine telling a girl or a woman, sorry, that I've got a lot of kids all over the place is, is going to be yeah, a winner. Like, just... that. That just sounds like you. That just sounds like you've got a lot of childcare to yeah, pay for. Yeah. It does make you wonder, like, what's going through his mind when he's saying all this stuff. Like this, at the end of it, like his end game is like she's going to be like, actually, no, I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have many leather-bound books. So it was oh, just like man. so. <laughs> it's so weird, isn't it? Go on, next one. Yeah, ne- next men. Yeah, mm. there's, there's just too many. There's just too many. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> uh, women who disproportionately get DMs, just basically correcting them or controlling the wording of their tweets, being like, maybe you should have rephrased that differently. Um, I don't get many DMs like that. Do you? Do you get many DMs like that? Changing your tweets around. I got thousands of dms to tell me it's i'm at work jeremy not i'm in work jeremy wow grammar um, police oh but usually no i i get dms just to tell me that people who have blocked me what are they up to like what what's hatman said this week or who's got a new book out and i sort of go cheers for that they're, they're trying to push you <laughs> for a reaction we're all, we're, we're all blocked we're all blocked for a mm. reason so it's, yeah i mean i, I react don't get me wrong <laughs> I totally react. um and then we've got Eamon Holmes, and well, I mean, I just thought I'd mention him, because he looks like a Percy Pig, and he was talking about Dr. Zoe Williams, and he mentioned her hair looked like that of an alpaca, mm. which seemed kind of weird. Like I don't that. think a, a man who looks like a black pudding's been left out in the sun too long. <laughs> I can pass an opinion about anyone's appearance. Like, I just... Doesn't he look... He looks like someone who's... Sm- I don't know why. Whenever I look at him, I'm like, he looks like he smells like Marmite. And I don't know what it is about him. But whenever I look at him, I'm like, smells like Marmite. That's all I think in my head when I see him talk. I've never heard anyone say that they see someone and think about what they smell like. Oh, I do. Never. Yeah, I, do, I don't know why it's in my head. I don't think that... Really? Okay. Do you think that sometimes? Yeah, yeah. I, he looks... Yeah, I, I, I can see someone. I bet they smell. What does, what does Drusha <laughs> smell like to you then, Pete? <laughs> I, I didn't say everyone. Okay, fine. So you've... Yeah, yeah. Coconut oil. Coconut oil. <laughs> CK1. The, 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 oh! The, the, the gym. Would, the gym. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty accurate. CK1's like 16-year-old me. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, I could have said Links Africa, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would have been pretty bad. That's only like a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, axe. Okay, next one was... Um, oh, yeah, so this is one of the kind of classic tropes, which is where... A surgical registrar was seeing a patient with their F1. The registrar was female and, and uh, they got mis- mistaken for one another. They assumed that the bloke was... Yeah, just... <sighs> I was in a vascular pre-op clinic um, a few weeks ago and my boss was a, uh, a woman. She was in my year at university actually, but um, it was quite obvious that she was leading the discussions. I was sat at the back of the room, almost like a medical student, trying to sort of focus and nod and things. And at the end of it, she was called nurse and I was called doctor. And it was just sort of, I can't believe these still, these things still happen. It's Yeah. Did you point out that you knew someone who could get the vein treatments done more efficiently? <laughs> <laughs> you could find them on... Anyway, 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> DM receipts. So here's a DM. I'm just going to move on. There's uh, someone who mentioned a DM. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, author SPR headed to a new hospital. One of the new consultants has started to message me privately on social media. Nothing offensive yet. But why are you asking how I am at 10 p.m. on a Friday night? I feel trapped. I can't raise it as nothing offensive has been said. Yeah, I know this is not innocent and there's nothing I can do about it. So difficult and I'm dreading the move. Pete, what do you think about that? I always just wonder what what's the best you think is going to happen. Yeah, because like, because most consultants are, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to make some assumptions here, but if you're the age difference between perhaps a new registrar and a consultant, maybe it could be ten years, it could be twenty years, it could be 20. if you if you're married with kids, what what's the best you're thinking is going to come off of this? That this brand new registrar is going to go, wow, this is this has made me feel special. But there's been there, there was a GMC case of a, a, a cardiologist a cardiologist again. Oh. Um, I love reading GMC cases. There'd been a night out where there'd been some belly dancing or something, and there was a photo of an F two belly dancing. And he texted her in the middle of the night to say, "I've been looking at your photos." And I mean, I've, I've put the creepy voice on for effect, but like, <laughs> what were you thinking? She was going to like text back with like a tit pic or something. Like, what, what, <laughs> yeah. what were you thinking? Was going to oh. The, the, great let's have an affair oh, like, I don't yeah. sort of yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is going to sound a bit strange but if you're if you're a creepy consultant that says creepy things you've only got the hearsay that it ever happened if you are texting your or whatsapping or DMing your, your trainees to say I'm looking at your belly dancing photos and you're 25 years younger than me that's a permanent record like of, of it happening this is this is inescapable and I, again, I, I suppose it comes back to what we were saying before about um, lifestyle medics. That they just what makes them think they'll get away with it? Like they just keep they just keep going. It's it's I find it yeah. But I think that's why that guy's kind of not said anything risque. He's just kind of he's like towing some kind of line, isn't he? But he knows what he's doing. Everyone knows what he's mm, doing. It's all yeah. in code. It's ridiculous. Because you've got to reply. Well, otherwise it'll be you know. Well, I know. I know. She didn't reply to me. Is everything all right? You know. Well, yeah. And it will just carry on. It's just awkward. I mean, I guess. I mean, one would assume they've done it a few times and got away with it. I guess because I don't know what's going through their heads when they do it. Maybe they just try it once and they just push the boundaries every single time, and then they keep getting away with it. And then that's kind of their actual personality starting to morph and come out once they've kind of hit the top of their game, right? I mean. This is what I was talking about. I think on we just had that Twitter space today, weren't we? Not related at all, but I was talking about how it becomes the victim's... Is it really the victim's responsibility to, to call someone out, right? And that's the difficulty here, isn't it? Because this girl is getting these messages. Now it's their responsibility to call that person out. It's a difficult situation. Are you going to do it? How brave are you going to be? It's, it's a tough, tough thing in the NHS, really is. Um, I guess... Well, Maybe what we should do is when people DM us, they should DM the names and then we'll get... Well, I'll, I'll just say the names on the podcast and then <laughs> say... No, let's not do that. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to get cancelled. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool, cool. Next one, next one. <laughs> okay, move on. Yeah, yeah. We should move on, for God's sake. The ortho cons, um, obviously staring at my chest while I spent the morning in fracture clinic as an F1. Uh, the male psych reg who suggested I find a rich husband as medicine doesn't pay well. Well, it doesn't pay well, I guess. And... Well, I worked out. I was speaking to someone else who doesn't do medicine, and we looked it up. But like on my pay at the moment, I, I appreciate I'm on, I'm on the old contract, but I'm in the ninety first centile of earners. 
you know, so it's, we're not doing too badly. Yeah. So are you saying you don't need to find a rich husband? I'm, I'm saying that the helicopter arrives next week. <laughs> I'm still going. I've still got more. Uh, the random doctor in scrubs interrupting me, handing over to a female colleague with, have you finished chatting? I hate that, actually. That's really annoying. I think that's really annoying. What he should have done was wave his hands in front of them manically. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember your name. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go on. The male F1 explaining to me another F1, how to interpret a normal calcium completely unarsed and unprompted. I mean, that's like a symptom of Twitter, isn't it? Like unarsed and unprompted. Here's some reply guy to just correct you. And I mean, we didn't we have someone else that they did a tweet out and then they, whenever they explained anything, they, they would throw in like the fact that they went to Oxford or something. Did you see that one? So whenever they were throwing, they said like, oh, you know, in Oxford and everyone's like, do you really need to throw that in there? Like, uh, it's nice that you went there and, and all the rest of it, but it's not really applicable to what you're talking about here. Uh, did everyone see that? That was... Um, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think reading further into it, wasn't he trying to say that Oxford has a tutorial method of, of education and therefore that's where he picked up that bit of knowledge from because mm. I, I often um, put that I went to Liverpool just so that everybody knows that we basically sat in a PBL room twiddling our thumbs talking about the role <laughs> of the practice nerds every week for four years um, wow. and, and, and hoping that some education would enter our heads oh, I wish I went to your med school mate it sounds like so much fun I g- genuinely Oh, anyway to be fair I think if if I went to Oxford I'd tell everyone I'd tell everyone literally like uh, I'd just be walking up to random people in the street and be like I go to Oxford my parents would be doing the same thing I, I got rejected by Oxford on Christmas Eve and told everyone like just <laughs> oh. just, just being nearly there was, was enough <laughs> oh, mate, mate. I, if I'd gone to Oxford my parents would be telling everyone I guarantee it my, my mum does this thing where like she shouts about being a doctor so that the neighbours here so when I go to visit so when I went from F1 to F2 um she was like, so you're the, so what are you now? I was like, well, I'm an F2. My dad was a paramedic, so he knows some of the old money grades. And, it's like, and he went, is that an SHO? And, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And mum was like, what's an SHO? I was like, oh, it's the senior house officer. And you could hear mum, oh, the senior house officer. Like, the name is better. <laughs> as though, it's like, yeah, I, 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 just write, I just write slightly fewer discharge summaries, but um, that, it's, it's, it's cute, they're proud, isn't it? It is cute, they're proud. Mm, in yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the real kind of like proof of the prior thing is, did you have the hoodie with your, uh, with your kind of uni's name on it? Did you do that? Uh, I did buy the Rums hoodie. Um, it's somewhere at home, but I never wore it out. I never wore it out. I think it's got everyone's names on the back. And I bought it because they said that Rums was going to disband and become something else. It was going to become just UCL Medical School or something. No more, no more Royal Free in university. But I did actually find it the other day. It doesn't fit me, which may give away a fair bit. I've still got my graduation one from sort of 10 years ago, which is like a bright red one. Um, and it makes me look like I'm a sort of fat, failing 1830s rep, sort of. Um, <laughs> but I remember we used to have these blue sort of Liverpool Medical Society ones that had like the live bird and the cross and things on it. And, I, and we all had them. Mm. And then I was in Aldi last week and, and saw someone wearing it. I was like, you loser. <laughs> and I was just like, that, that was me 20, like 15 years ago, but now someone else is doing it. I'm just like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, they're losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I kind of get that same feeling. Like, you know, when you see someone like very, very overtly wearing something that shows, oh, I went to this place, I went to that place. You don't need to tell everyone about it. Just carry on with your, just do, you do you and carry on. I mean, you don't need to show everyone. Well, I mean, what do you guys think? I think we're just all very competitive. I think, um, 
you you take a you take a group of people who are basically gone through their lives being told you are correct as in you've got 10 A's at GCSE and, and A-level and, and things. And then we're told we're in the top 5% the day we arrive at in the medical school. Um, and then you, you you know, and if, if you're anything like Liverpool Medical Society, we, we you know, in our song, we, we said that, you know, we don't like engineers, we don't like vets. You know, it breeds, it, it breeds that sort of, um, you know, the rest of the university are just wasting their time and aren't we brilliant. And, and so, yeah, I think there is going to be that sort of, competitive element it's interesting because actually um we went to we went to burton on trent recently and we went to a restaurant and um, i went to park the car up and when i got in the maitre d uh turned out to be someone who's going to go to cambridge uni for medicine and um, i don't know how it came up in conversation with my wife and then she was like oh by the way he he's going to do he's going to cambridge university to medicine he's all a smuggler yeah i'm going to med school mate and i thought all right you know, and that was oh, it. I didn't. Even, I didn't engage. I didn't engage. Yeah. I, I used to work with a consultant who you would. I'm not going to. I'm going to try and not identify them. But you, you used to. How how far into the anaesthetic list would it be before he or she mentioned when I was at Oxford? And it would be like a sort. Of, <laughs> it would be like a so the trainees would meet in the changing room. That the one for and be like, I'm I'm with Doctor Such and Such. And be like, right. 20 past 10. And and, so, and and then you'd be texting. You'd be texting each other like 10:35 going. Yeah, they've done it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're going to be like with you, Thrusha, one day. And be like, oh, when is he going to mention that he does intervention? When's he going to yeah, do yeah, it? Yeah. As, soon as, you, as soon as you meet him, or is it going to be halfway through the procedure? I pretty um, much, yeah. I've decided, like, when I'm, I'm going to have, when I'm a consultant, I'm going to have a really fancy car where I'm going to, you know, I'll have a little kind of siren and little stickers on the side. So everyone, will, literally, they won't even have to, I won't even have to step out of the car. They'll know, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> have it printed backwards and stuff, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then Trisha, there was one more, wasn't there? That you, you, you were looking forward to this particular men's section of our podcast that we decided to bring in. Yes, where a surgeon did an uh, incision and drainage of a, a neck abscess, and then uh, when they, when she'd finished, he asked her out, basically, which <laughs> seems like an uh, interesting chat, I guess. Brand new. Thanks for joining my upsets. Yeah, let me buy you dinner. The love bite's going to be really awkward, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we're getting cancelled this week, I can tell already. God, I should have just cancelled the account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've had a patient sort of uh, um, like send me a message on Facebook. Oh. Um, the things, the, the message was he added me as a friend. I, was, I remember it because I was I was at a friend's house watching the Eurovision Song Contest that year, um, which obviously I take very mm. seriously. So I was like, why, why am I getting messages <laughs> and stuff? And then I and I got you know such and such has added you with a friend request. And I was like, fine, I'll I'll deal with it later. Um, and then. Um, uh, I got this message, this sort of, uh, it was just like, oh, you know, you might remember me from such and such, you know, and, um, uh, thank, thank you for everything you did, and, you know, if you ever want to talk, and it's just like, and then I sort of, I, I sort of deleted it and blocked it and sort of whatever, and then, um, and then that person turned into my next uh, job, and I was just like, uh, and I just sort of, what the, f- yeah, it was, yeah, it was Mate, not, you know, um, this reminds me when I was um, trying to get into radiology, I went to a course on how to get into radiology. Did you pay a medical student to read your personal statement? <laughs> oh, I probably would have done. <laughs> um, yeah, I see where you're going with that. But um, so I, I went to this course and it was a decent course. And at the end, I was about to walk out. And I think at the end, he got us to put a hand up because at the time you got interviews at different parts of the country. So I had London, I had East of England. So he, I put my hand up so that I got, I got London interviews. And as I was walking out, this girl came up to me and she called me Abdul. And I was like, I think my name is not Abdul. Where, did, where on earth did you hear Abdul? You just look at me and think, oh, he's a Muslim guy. He must be called Abdul. Like, what, where did that come from, right? 
when I thought I, I, I'm probably never going to see you again. I'm not going to correct you. What you know? What? Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. What do you want? And she was like, hey, you know, I've got London interviews as well. Can I give you a call just to see, like, you know, how it went? You know what she's really asking? It's like, yeah, yeah fine, fine. So I gave my number, and then, um, she, you know, lo and behold, she called me the day after my interview and asked me how it went, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I helped as much as I could, and then I turned up to where I was training, and guess who walks in? She does. Uh, and she's like, Abdul! And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> um, when do I tell her my name is not Abdul? It was oh, so man. awkward. It was so awkward to have to explain Never. that. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, why does she keep calling you Abdul? Just, just, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was really weird. I that should be the name it. of this episode. What? Don't call me Abdul. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what we should call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, my name is Rachel. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, yeah, that could be it. I mean, Therusha, did you want to go through this one? Hey, can I ask a favour? There's a message on Instagram where someone... Oh, God. So I'll do the voice because it's so gross and it could only be some basement-dwelling loser. Hi, can I ask a favour? I will pay good money for... Question mark. I see from your profile that you're... Without an apostrophe, oh, my God. A medical student and wear scrubs, no full stop. Do you sell pears that you have wore all day? If you're interested, please let's discuss rates. All the best. (laughs) (laughs) So basically this person wants to buy worn scrubs. I mean, that voice makes it seem like Yoda was a massive pervert. (laughs) (laughs) Well, who knows? Who knows? Yoda's really old, man. He's probably got some really troubling back history, you know. Dirty scrubs you have. (laughs) (laughs) There is this weird phenomenon, isn't it? I think randomly I saw an article pop up of someone that was making a fortune from selling the underwear. You know, the worn under, like 4K a month on selling worn underwear. Like, what is this? What is going on in the world? I feel like the internet is just... Either it's connected people that are weird already, mm. right? Or it's made us more weird than we than we otherwise should be, or something. Yeah. Are we encouraging each other to just be as weird as possible? What on earth do you want with you, Scrubs? Yeah. What is it that you need? And it has to. It kind of. I remember like looking at it and being like, I mean, the whole concept of it, right? Because I guess like it's gonna have been worn like once, or do they want it to like? I mean, what? Because I don't know. Is it just the idea of it? And like, what, like how, like how smelly does it have to be? Like, what is going on? Like, do you need photos of the person in it? How do you know that a woman's worn it? Like, what, what's to stop you from like sending, sending underwear and just pretending? An inspection certificate. Like this, this has been worn by <laughs> our woman. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've lab tested this and it's, uh, it's not even like a, oh, dear. it's not like anyone goes to Ann Summers to buy a PVC scrubs uniform, is it? It's not. It's, it's a niche. It's, yeah, it's a niche. Yeah, as niche as it gets, as niche as this med, as niche as this, uh, this whole podcast is. I mean, yeah, yeah. as niche as it gets. We should launch really? a line. We should launch a line of it. Two medics, PVC scrubs, or something. And then, oh, actually, let's not do that. <laughs> Maybe we should. I don't know. Okay, well, let's let's move on. Okay, let, should we just end the episode there? It's got it's gone. It's got weird. It's got weird. Okay, so look, uh, Pete. Um, you know what can I say thank you so much for um, coming on the great. episode and oh, Pete yeah. you've been a real sport man like you really you know you've worked around us we've, we've been difficult Asian Asian people haven't we this time you know like turning up late saying we're going to be there at some points and then not turning up and Pete you've been so Terrible. polite about the whole thing has this happened yeah. to you Thrusha where you know when you go to an Asian wedding you say we say it's going to turn up at three you know it's going to start at three o'clock and it everyone knows it's going to start at five or six and that poor white family turns up on time <laughs> thinking, where is everyone <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So Pete's been, you've been a great sport. Uh, yeah, you've been really great, man. Yeah. Thank you so well, much for thanks. Uh, no, it's, it's been good fun. Uh, Pete, so you've been a veteran of Twitter, and I always like to do this. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for for anyone out there? I love doing this every <laughs> single time. I swear people should know this by now. <laughs> yeah, I should listen to more episodes and then I'd know this was happening. Oh, <laughs> oh there um, you go. My, you broke my heart. <laughs> my, my wisdom um, is probably not to listen to Twitter as the basis of your way to conduct your career. Yeah, fair enough. That's good advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think that's good mm-hmm. advice. And also probably be a bit malleable with where you think you're going to end up. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, please do sign in for that. I mean, Pete, you've come to it, haven't mm-hmm. you? On Monday yeah, yeah. evening, uh, mm-hmm. Twitter space. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. good fun. Ajay does a really does, good yeah. job of hosting that with us. Um, so yeah, do come along and we can actually have a chat to us live and get to know us a bit better. So uh, yeah, thank you everyone and uh, see you next week for some more fun. And you've been listening to Two Medics and One Mike with Imran Lasker and Darusha Gubadna. Thank you for listening.